So Many Bits is brought to you in part by the Second Wind Collective. For more quality podcasts like this one, please navigate to secondwindcollective.com for more info. Again, that's secondwindcollective.com. Bill Nielsen, and this week we're going to be doing a bit of a different episode, uh, because E3 is going on right now as we're recording, I wanted to get some thoughts from people I know about what games they're looking forward to for the remainder of 2015. So we'll be getting to Cliff in a little bit, but I also wanted to pull in some of my friends from Chicago. Uh, So first I've got Dan Schiffmacher, who is the administrator of the Second Wind Collective. Hello, how are you doing? And from the Improv Herald team at I.O., a small town doctor. We've got Pete Byrne. Hi, guys. Thanks for joining me. Uh, thanks, so, Bill. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> no problem. So, Pete, uh, if I just can start with you, please. Uh, what are the games that you're looking forward to for uh, 2015? All right. Well, the trailer said spring 2016, so I'm going to break your first rule immediately. Wow. Um, but I want Doom parentheses for the new Doom game that's coming out. Because, as we all know, Doom 3 was okay, but in... No, it wasn't. It was fine. It was garbage. I didn't like Doom 3. Because, here's why. Let me explain it to you, Bill. Okay? Okay. Let me explain it to you. Doom, the first game, you can explain the plot of that game in one sentence. Demons from hell in space. Okay? I think it's more of of a sentence fragment, but... I mean, that that sounds great, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But Doom 3 added too much, like, sneaking, darkness. You've got a hold of flashlight. There's not... I don't even really know. I guess they were from hell. But the, they, like, in the original Doom, you spent half your time in hell. And Doom 3, like, the last level and a half acknowledged that hell existed. And I was like, come on! just It's guns and demons. So... Um, and the pace was way too slow in Doom 3. So what I can tell from this new Doom trailer is super fast-paced. You uh, Also, like, little mechanic things are back. Like, uh, in this new Doom game, you don't have to reload clips. Like, you have a machine gun, and you just have 400 bullets, and you can shoot until you no longer have 400 bullets. <laughs> That's the way it should be. Yeah, that's and, like, awesome. The double barrel shotgun, all you have to do is reload between shots. So you can have like 48 shells and you just keep going until you run out of ammo. Again, how it should be. And uh, the door sound effect is back. I don't know if you have as much of a emotional connection to the door sound effect from Doom as I do. Oh, man. But that's crucial. And... The music in the trailer was a remix of the song from uh, Episode 1, Mission 1, of Doom 1, The Hangar. So, for a super fan like me, uh, we're in good shape here. I gotta say, The Hangar was the only level I ever played, because I only had the demo. Yeah, because you had the demo. Everybody played the first level of Heretic, Hexen, Doom, Quake, because... Yeah, yeah. Shareware. Commander Keen. Oh, yeah. Jazz Jackrabbit. Oh my god, Jazz Jackrabbit. Talk about a good soundtrack. <laughs> Jazz Jackrabbit was just Sonic the Hedgehog with a gun. A strong improvement. So strong that they made it themselves. Shadow the Hedgehog. He's a hedgehog with a gun now. Yeah, that was a great game. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I, would, I guess I mean, that's it. I'm just, I, all I'm saying is this is the sequel to Doom that I wanted when I heard about Doom 3. Yeah, I mean, me too, to, uh, to be honest. Like, I really enjoyed Doom 1, and I think they probably thought they needed to make the game bigger than it was with Doom 3, 
and they didn't. They just needed to keep doing the same thing they were already doing. Like, yeah. Like when you I mean, go into those rooms and it's like, you know you need to grab the key, and when you grab that key, everything's going down. Yeah, you know it's going to happen, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, uh, you know, finding keys and stuff was definitely a part of Doom, but Doom 3 was more like, oh, I got to listen to audio logs, and I got to find this person, and it was a little more tedious. Like, in the there's an eight-minute gameplay sample of this upcoming Doom, and uh, he has to use fingerprints to open a door, and he puts his hand on it, and it doesn't work. So he finds a dead guy, rips off his arm, and just puts the hand on the thing, and then the door opens. Like, a little more run-and-gun approach to, uh-oh, I need a key code. Yeah, That's kind of cool. It looks like they pretty much incorporated many Mortal Kombat fatalities throughout the entire gameplay of Doom. Who makes oh. Who makes Doom? Now it's Bethesda. Oh, okay. Right, yeah, I mean, like, all, all the id guys, pretty much, I think, have moved on, like... Yeah, I mean, what Didn't I... they make that game a few years ago? It was like a... Uh, they made Rage. Yeah. But I don't know anybody who played Rage. I played it for, I remember... like, three hours. It was... Yeah. It was. It was yeah. sort, of, I heard... sort of, like, Fallout-ish. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. I, clearly I saw some, play. like, Easter eggs they put in that game of, like... For Doom and stuff, or something. I don't know. I heard good things and bad things about Rage. Yeah, but, I mean, it was it was fine. It was like it didn't fail at being a shooter. It wasn't like broken or anything. It just didn't, yeah. you know, do anything great. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a big thing with shooters these days too, and and it, I don't know if that's. I think it might be over at this point. But like, since the success of Call of Duty, everybody has to make all the shooters like Call of Duty have to be modern and have to have you know two guns and all this, like, dramatic cinematic storytelling stuff. And, like, that's not a bad thing per se, but, like, a lot of people ha- have to follow that. So, like, to hear that Doom's going back to, like, the 400, you know, just the, all that stuff, and yeah, that's kind of a different... Just to see different gameplay like that is a, is a cool a cool thing. Yeah, um, I just want to play a shooter again that's more like an arcade game. You know, like, I don't know if you guys ever played Serious Sam for uh, PS2. No. no, it was just like a crazy. That to me, it's not a sequel, but Serious Sam was more of a sequel to Doom than Doom Three, because the whole thing was just like they plopped you. There was this really weak story that tied everything together, I think, but they just plopped you in these different locations, and you just had to shoot like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of bad guys with these big ass weapons, and that was hmm. it. It was just like, go in and shoot as many things as you can and get to the end of the level. And it was more fun than, you know, some of the Call of Duty games. I mean, that sounds great. It sounds like they picked up where the Doom guys left off. Yeah, absolutely. I remember one of the levels was just a vineyard. And you're just in a vineyard shooting hundreds of demons. And I was like, this is pretty great. This is all I want to do. And I hear a lot about Borderlands. And you guys had a thing on Borderlands. That's right, Uh, yeah. But, uh... Like I hear a lot about like um, you did the pre you did the pre sequel or what did you guys do you did we talked about one and two I, neither of us have played oh, the pre sequel okay. well I haven't played any of the like I haven't played any of the Borderlands games but from what I've seen it seems like they have a ton of weapons and and weird random kind of stuff that I I thought they may they might have broke the mold a little bit but I, I, I don't know I didn't get a chance to play it like it's definitely not the same as Doom it remind it's a lot like Diablo like if I've uh, ever played Diablo. Like yeah, yeah. The loot drops like crazy, and you pick it up, and your next gun is 0.2 percent better than the one you had before. Oh yeah, you know I did play Borderlands a little bit. <laughs> when when yeah. I described it so glowingly, it's like, oh yeah, now I remember. <laughs> well, I don't know. I felt like uh, my older brother. He he played like uh, Fallout Three and um, Borderlands and. Oh shit! What's what's the game that's Fallout Three but medieval? What is it called? Skyrim. Uh, New Vegas. Yeah, Fallout? Skyrim. Yeah. <laughs> no, not New Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> that's medieval. Right? But uh, yeah, I mean, Borderlands. You is that the game where you can uh, you can shoot them or you can hit a button and like choose which body part to shoot? 
Uh, that's Fallout 3. That's Fallout. Damn. Alright, sorry, not my cup of tea. Well, uh, that's that's interesting because in a little bit I'd like to talk about uh, Fallout, in fact. But first, Dan, is there anything you're looking forward to? And it, it can be either in 2015 or in 2016. I'm not, I'm not going to pin you down. <laughs> well, I mean, for me, like, a lot of things... I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with Splatoon. I mean, Nintendo. So I, 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 gen- I generally am really interested in Nintendo stuff, just because I feel like when Nintendo makes stuff of their own or, or whatever, they can, they'll be a little more ridiculous than with their games, like, um, and make them more just because they're games. They're not like simulations of, of, of life. So like, uh, Splatoon, for instance, obviously is, is a, is a crazy, Ink shooting game that they came out with, uh, where your squids and stuff. But like, so the game's out. It's been out for a few weeks. But like, there's I'm interested to see how they add onto that more. Um, they've already announced like the stuff that they're adding onto Smash Brothers, and you know that that stuff was um, crazy. And uh, you know I never would have thought that a Street Fighter Fighter character would be in Smash Brothers. Um, so for me, I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm looking to see what Super Mario Maker can be, like what that's going to be like. I don't know if I'll buy it, but I'm really curious to see um, how that's going to turn out. Um, and then, you know, I don't, there's probably some games that are aren't going to aren't announced yet. Uh, but like the, the Legend of Zelda, the Wii U game, of course. I'm interested to see how that goes. Um, one of the things that I saw. In uh, one of the videos that I saw was the like Microsoft's Hololens, and I don't have an Xbox. I don't. Nor gonna get. I'm probably gonna get one. But like, just the fact that this technology exists, it's basically AR. Um, it's like the Oculus Rift, but Microsoft's. It's their, it's their take on it. Kind of, but it's it's all uh, um, AR. So what is basically, it? Augmented reality. You, so when you explained it to me, it sounded like. Uh, you know how Tony Stark has his uh, tables with visual things he can touch? It, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you put on glasses and then you can see that kind of stuff on the table? Is that yeah, so it's mean? like, you know, in the 3DS when you look through the, you know, you do the face raider, stuff like that, the augmented reality stuff where you can play, you know, with, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like that. So that's kind of what it seems. I don't know if it, if it also does Oculus stuff, um, but it looks like it's more of just like an augmented reality thing. Uh, but like so, this Microsoft's developing a Minecraft game for this, like a version of Minecraft for this. So in this demo, I don't know if you saw this, is like this. So this guy's playing. There's a woman on a Microsoft Surface. She's got like, uh, she's playing Minecraft, doing her own thing. And I don't usually play Minecraft. So I don't. I kind of get what it's about, but I don't have time for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't have time to in, like games like Fallout. And anything like like Skyrim, I don't like. They're all great games, now, right? But I, just, I don't, personally, I don't really have time to get to, like spend six days in a row playing all those games. Um, but like, so she's playing on this Microsoft Surface, like a tablet, and he's playing with an Xbox controller on like the E3 stage, and it's on the screen there. So like, then he gets up and he just kind of goes up next to this table, and he just says, "All right, create." Map or whatever, and the, like the camera has a Hololens on it, so it just shows you what he sees. Uh, and the the whole map of this world that was created, like an overview of a map from like a like a like a debug mode or something like that, just shows up right on this table, like just creates this table, and he, he can and he can walk around and see he can move, you know, things in, in like with his hand, kind of like Tony Stark type move, he can like, and he can kind of look through things and look inside of buildings all in real time, and he can see this woman who's on, this person who's on the, on the, uh, on the, on the surface, as she's walking around, he can see what he's, what she's doing, um, which was the weirdest thing for me, because like, it's real time, and it's just happening, and it's just like... That sounds a little unseemly, to be honest, but... Unseemly? What do you mean? Oh, you can look at this woman and see what she's uh, doing. Oh, yeah, okay. So, like, I mean, that's not what I'm... It's her I mean, character, right? It's not her running around. No, yeah, her, it's her character, like, her character for Minecraft. Yeah, Bill, right. you... Uh, somebody wears a headband, and then somebody else wears the glasses, and you can see the person wearing the headband without their clothes on. 
Oh, okay. All right. I'll yeah, take, that's I'll take anyway, five. like the, the the fact that the whole like that technology, like like that they're advancing with AR, I think that's going to be uh, probably one of the cooler things that I hope that eventually Nintendo jumps on or something, because um, like that's going to be something that's going that I'm going to like pay attention to, or even to have that augmented reality stuff in everyday life, just to be able to you know do that. Is just a super cool. Like I'm a big gadget guy, so seeing all that kind of stuff um, is, is is really cool. We're gonna have that space chess game that they play in Star Wars on the Millennium Falcon pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd really like to see where they can take that. I, I I don't have the imagination to know what you do with it, but yeah. if you can show me like a game that applies the technology, I, I would be interested. There was a game that Google, uh, honestly, if Google did it, because I feel like Google might have a thing. Oh, yeah, because Google, or like Oculus, somebody did something with with AR thing and made turned a regular office into a, like this, uh, like a, a game. Like he had, like using your finger and your hand, that was your gun, and, you know, you shake it and you reload or something like that. It was, it was really an interesting thing, and this came out probably uh, months ago. This video, so it's up, it's on there, just to, just to show what you can do. Like, if you're like staying late at work, no one else is there, then throw on your AR headset <laughs> and then just shoot, you know, just play a game in your own office. I don't know, that just that seems, I don't know, it seems cool to me. Blending reality with 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 games is is is, is kind of a cool gimmick to me. So one use is to spy on women, and the other one is to shoot up your office. We're really we're really breaking new ground here on like, the applications <laughs> of games. Yeah, right? we're not, uh, you know. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, like it's the stuff of movies, of books. Like, I mean, yeah. Ready, Ready Player One is like all about this stuff, and the fact that it might be happening within, I don't know, a decade. Within I would say years? within. Yeah, I mean, I think the PS4 and the Xbox One are powerful enough at this point because I mean, well. Sony's going to be talking, we haven't seen their stuff yet, but Sony's going to be talking about Project Morpheus, which is their kind of Oculus Rift. Um, and then, uh, you know, so just that starting now, I think those things are powerful enough to get at least the start of that. And then and, and then we could, I mean, it'll go into a thing. Who knows what the NX, Nintendo's next system is, I mean, that's going to be... Maybe it's gonna be something different, so maybe that'll be part of it, or or something. I don't know. Other than all of that, Battlefront uh, looks really great. <laughs> I, I had to put that in there. Star Wars Battlefront. I never played really the old other games, but I get the now that I'm older, like I get the concept of it, and I, it looks amazing. It does. You get to wreck house with Darth Vader. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, I guess. Uh, what, what about you? Well, what about me? Uh, there are quite a few different games that looked interesting to me, but I'll just pick on the role-playing games that got announced or were already announced and shown in more detail so far. Um, coming out in November is Fallout 4. Yeah. And having played Fallout 3 for like 100 hours and Skyrim for 100 hours... Uh, Fallout 4 seems like it's trying to take the next step beyond what those games are, which was great, uh, but just big, but a very shallow big, if that makes sense. Uh, Yeah, I get you. Like, you can go anywhere in the world, you can see anything you want to see, but ultimately what you do is the same everywhere. You, You beat up skeletons and you take home, like, 40 rolls of cheese and put them in your house. Yeah. That was my problem with Fallout 3. I mean, it just I guess those big games, because I would just go into a store, grab too much stuff, and then I wouldn't be able to walk at all, because <laughs> I had so much stuff, and I like, had to find a place to put... And it would be more about me organizing and putting things in places than actually trying to do the save Liam Neeson or something. Well, in terms of organization, this Fallout 4 <laughs> promises to have a lot more, but I think that they're trying to do things to make it so there's more of a point in the gameplay... Yeah. Like uh, you, it's I mean it's post apocalyptic wasteland, so you have to like build your own shelter for your guy or your girl, 
and then you have to like craft like weapons and armor out of the scraps you find around. That's cool. And then you can build like a village. You can build a village and have people come and live in your village, and like, like other players of the game. I, I think it's just like meant for single player, so like just NPC characters, oh. so like traders and stuff can come live in your village, and then you have to protect them. You have to help protect them from raider attacks and like go out and find new stuff to make the village grow. Huh. And like that seems like a great Boston, right? Yes, yes. It's set in uh, post-apocalyptic Boston, hmm. and. It seems like a great evolution on what these older games promised, which was that you can do all these different things and collect all these different things, but for what? I mean, ultimately, you have a weapon and a suit of armor, and that's pretty much all you need to get around in the world. Everything else was to make that better. Yeah, that's that's interesting. That's definitely uh, expanding what's already there. And then... uh, these games, there wasn't as much said about them, but I'm still looking forward to them. Is uh, they're going to make another Mass Effect, which is titled Mass Effect Andromeda. Ooh, oh, I heard about that. And it looks like it was unclear how they're following up on the end to Mass Effect Three, which left the fate of a lot of the characters in question. Hmm. But what they're going to do is, is apparently now you're in a whole new galaxy. You're away far, from far away. Yes, yeah, and hopefully stepping away from all the storylines of the last games and they're bringing back the Mako uh, the Mako was the, the all-terrain vehicle in the first game and you could use it to ride around on the planets but because it was kind of buggy uh, they scrapped it from later builds or from like the sequels I mean yeah I that reminds me kind of of um, Red Faction oh yeah remember that game yeah Red Faction 2 was pretty great for the PS2, and then they came out with Red Fact, like third person Red Faction games, and yeah. uh, they oh. weren't as good. Uh, but they had like similar vehicles and stuff, and like they're noted to be like this crazy game that had, well, the physics of the game at the time were like you can destroy anything and blow up things, and it was, by the time yeah. you got done playing in, in a multiplayer match, like Deathmatch or something, you can, um, like half the board would be destroyed. Yeah, I remember playing a little bit of like the first one and just like taking a grenade launcher and just like blasting at a wall and seeing like how deep I could dig into the yeah, wall. Yeah, I think we all did that. Like I had <laughs> that that we had a demo of it. I think because we had either it was on a Pizza Hut demo disc <laughs> or uh, we had PlayStation Underground and. Uh, I remember we had that Red Faction demo, and we would just blow holes in the ground as far as you could possibly go. Yeah. When I was less mature, I could. I also could remember, like, you could slap C4 on the back of one of the enemy soldiers, and he would just run around screaming in a circle. Yeah. And that just yes. slayed me. That's great. <laughs> he looks like he had an itch on his back he couldn't scratch. Exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. And when he did, it blow up. That's right. It's what, what C4 does. <laughs> and finally, I'll just uh, bring up uh, South Park, The Stick of Truth. Uh, we talked about it in episode one of the podcast. Yeah, they announced the new game, didn't they? They did. Uh, South Park, The Fractured Butthole. Right. And how... <laughs> you know what? I read the title, but I didn't read it like that. And I was like, that, now it makes sense. And I'm like, what are you having me? No, right, The Fractured Butthole, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like... <laughs> Am I missing something? A fractured butthole sounds pretty straightforward. No, but it's not spelled like that. It's it's B U T and then A W H O L E. So it's like okay. Yeah. You didn't get it? No, I mean no. <laughs> <laughs> and then okay. and uh, they they promise that there will be more butts and more investigation of the meaning of butts in this sequel, following up on the first game. Perfect. That's cool. That's you know that's needed. And it's instead of uh, the first, <laughs> the first game was a, a send up of like the fantasy genre. Now this will be like a superhero genre ooh. type game. Yeah, there was a there was a game that I, I didn't know much about, but saw pictures of a cat riding a unicorn with a gun. Woof! A cat riding a unicorn. Yeah, I'm gonna see if I can find it. Yeah, it's called Trials Fusion. 
Uh, <laughs> does it include any augmented reality? Uh, no. Yeah, well, so what's the point? <laughs> uh, I, I know that Trials Fusion is like a it's like a riding game. You try and ride a guy through like an obstacle course, and it did have some like really weird humor. Like a oh yeah, so this is DLC. It's called Insane Awesome Adventure Content, uh, and it's a, it's a cat with a gun riding a fire breathing unicorn. Wait, what the hell is this game? What is this called? <laughs> so like uh, the the original concept of Trials is you're like a dude on a bike. And you have to ride him through an obstacle course with these very, uh, very physics-heavy like mechanics, like tilting your bike up and down and like shifting weight on the bike to make sure he gets through safely. But okay. with Trials Fusion, they they went a little strange, as evidenced by the cat riding Clearly, the, yeah. the unicorn. Yeah, this is called Awesome Level Max, and uh, has 22 new levels. And half of the levels are designed by fans of the series. <laughs> well, I guess. Mean, that sounds pretty neat, honestly. Yeah. They do something with that. Um, cool. Yeah, well, that's all for me. Uh, did you guys have any last thoughts or throw-ins? Yeah, uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 better not have another goddamn 10-hour prologue. This is how you play the game. Go find some fruit for the villagers level. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, the messenger board. I just can't. I can't do it again. Just, just hardline into me some Disney World, will you? Like we now own Marvel and Lucasfilm. Just jumpstart me right in Toy Story and let's go. Man, I I hope for your sake they do. I th- I think all the games and all like the half sequels have been trying to push away from the Disney part of the universe. Yeah, I know. My girlfriend just bought uh, Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop something or other for uh, Game Boy. And I was like, I hope you know that they've pretty much exhausted all the good Disney worlds by now. This is the only game she's ever played. And uh, she's like, why? What What are the levels? They're like, Hunch, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, oh, hello? Uh, we lo- I'm here, but it looks like we lost Dan. Oh, Dan's gone. I'm still here. Ah, he was busy. He hung up on you. What? Anyway, long story short, the most intriguing level in Dream Drop blah 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 is Hunchback of Notre Dame. That's disappointing. That's pretty bad. Nintendo World Championships. I hope they keep this. Dan wants Nintendo World Championships to continue. Me too. I I don't know if you saw that, but it was, uh, it's pretty weird. It was kind of, uh, Looked like everyone had never... At the end, it looked like no, no one had ever been on a stage before. Oh, boy. But I, th- I think there was some heart there. There was some charm. It's It was really weird. And I, I really thought about going out to, because they had one in Schaumburg. I was like, how hard would it be for me to get to Schaumburg for the qualifying event? Probably not too hard. It's It was like, without a car, though, it's like two hours by train. That, that Just, was the problem. Just ride your bike and don't fall over by moving it up and down and left and right. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. You like that reference? It was a good callback. Thank you. Nice, Pete. Oh, we got Dan back. You can just jump in, I guess, with Skype. It's it's fancy. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, Nintendo World Championships, I hope they keep doing it. It was a cool thing, the fan service and the fact that they revealed a new game during it. Again, like they did 25 years ago, that nobody had played before was kind of a cool thing. Plus, the Mario Maker thing just kind of you can make whatever levels you want, just as tough as you want for these people. So, that's yeah, my making, words. They're making a big push on Mario Maker. Uh, I mean, I I hope it works out for them because they're really showing it off, and it looks like if you want to make Mario, it's it, it'll make them. If if that's what people yeah, want to do. I mean, that like I haven't made any levels in Smash yet. Um. I don't know about you, but, uh... Nope. Like, the Mavs, it's such a cool idea, and I love to see what people come up with, um, but have... Unless there's, like, a whole game that they... Like, a first-player game that they create, like, that you can play, like, eight levels or whatever off of other people's things, that'd be kind of cool, because then you're playing a different game every time. Or something. I don't know. I don't know that I would spend so much time 
making this entire world. I don't know. Maybe I would. I, I like to try it out before buying it. All right, uh, and then... That's it for me. Final note from Dan. Mario Maker looks possibly okay. (laughs) (laughs) And that uh, brings another episode of So Many Bits to a close. Uh, We can be reached by email at somanybitspodcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook at So Many Bits. Follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at So Many Bits. Subscribe to us on iTunes, rate, review, or listen to us on SoundCloud. And last but not least, please check out the rest of the Second Wind Collective for other podcasts. Support independent art. The spirit of Dell compels you. Oh, nice. That was a good ending. Thank you, thank you. I, I wrote that down so I don't... It, it's scripted. It's totally scripted. Ah, uh, okay. Sorry to disappoint. Well, thanks, cool. guys. Dan, Pete, uh, thanks. Uh, are there any shows that we can see you guys do up, coming up? Um. Yes. Yes. I don't know when. Are you releasing this this week? Uh, maybe, but what, maybe we could tell people where to find your yeah, schedule good, online. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Just go to iochicago.com, find Small Town Doctor, and we have all of our upcoming shows listed there. I don't necessarily think I have perf- any performances coming up, but you could see some of my work on the IO Comedy Network or go to secondwindcollective.com and see all of that stuff. Yeah, you guys got a web um, series. Tell- yeah, WTMI uh, Action News. We're, uh, we're working on it. We have five episodes left, and we have two shot. So we're going to like get the rest of it done and just release it. That would be the, the quote that goes on the back of the DVD box, I'm sure. We're working on it. We're working on it. It's just, you know, it's when you don't have a budget at all, and you have to work around everybody's schedules, and, um, you know, it's uh, it takes time, but... You know, it's the, the product that we've had so far has been great. So, you know, that, and then there's the liquor league thing, which is something else that I'm working on too. <laughs> so, no shows, but tons of other stuff. Look at my stuff. It's on IO Comedy Network. Yeah. IO Comedy Network, IOChicago.com. Thanks, guys. This has been. Hey. Thank you. back uh now it's back to the usual bill and cliff uh right now (laughs) that's us that's us just a pair of regular joes talking about (laughs) things on the internet (laughs) yep the only podcast out there talking about things on the internet (laughs) certainly the only one talking about video games and e3 i think we got the market cornered i think so so, Cliff, I already, in the previous segment, I already talked a bit about what games I'm interested in, so I might add in a little bit more, but first I want to hear, I think the audience wants to hear what you think. Oh, okay. Well, audience, uh, there are a variety of different things. First off, I'm going to start by just a, like a little bit of like a, just disappointment in the sense that nothing... Nintendo has been saying has really got me excited. Like, I like Nintendo a lot, but nothing I've heard has really made me super excited, you know? You know, I I really want to like Star Fox Zero. Mm-hmm. I really want to like Super Mario Maker. It's I like the idea of Super Mario Maker more than actually playing or using the tools, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't like it's a nice idea, right? And it's it's cool, but like I mean, I don't really know how much I would do it. I'd rather just if if I'm gonna play a Mario game, I would rather just have Mario game with all the levels pre-designed, like in all the levels, you know, you know, all the levels, you know, developed in such a way that they're gonna be you know challenging, progressive. I don't know that sort of stuff, um, you know. And there's already, I even for the original Super Mario Brothers. Like, I haven't played every single one of the levels in there. Because I'll warp and I'll jump around or anything like that. It's not as if I'm bored of it, right? It's a game that's, what, like 30 years old and I'm still not bored of it, necessarily. So, I don't really know. Like, I, it's a nice idea. I think it's cool, but I'm not... It's not, like, super selling it. I, I was kind of hoping to hear more. Uh, as of this recording today, Nintendo had their press conference, and I, I was hoping to hear a bit more. Uh 
Mm-hmm. Like they're definitely third out of three in terms of the companies making video game consoles right now, and they don't mm-hmm. they don't seem to be make, making a huge push. No, they it it doesn't seem like they are. Um, like I mean, they'll still continue to put out you know games. I would hope, um, but nothing is making me really super interested in them, which is a shame because the other companies dropped some really big bombs. Like, they they fired some big shots, right? So, you would have thought that Nintendo would try and do something that's going to at least keep them in the running, but nothing that they're doing uh, that I've seen is really um, selling it. Which I think is like the fourth time I've said that in the two minutes we've been talking for. Um, but, like, they have... Uh, they released a trailer for Yoshi's Woolly World, which I guess has already been delayed a whole bunch, and seems to be very much in the same vein as Kirby's Epic Yarn. Did you ever play Kirby's Epic Yarn? No, that that came out, like, last fall or winter, right? Yeah, I think it came out a while ago. It was on, like, the original Wii. Wait. Kirby's Epic Yarn? You play as Kirby, but you're not Kirby. You're, like, Yarn Kirby. I thought that came out for the Wii U. No, it was out on the Wii. What am I thinking I... of, then? There's a Kirby game that just came out, though, right? Uh yeah probably <laughs> I don't I don't know what it is um yeah there must have been another Kirby game that came out recently I probably know what it is I'm just gonna search for Kirby and see what comes up in here Kirby vacuums okay I'll do that later <laughs> oh I see what, okay yeah Kirby's epic Aaron for the week I'm, I don't know what yeah, I was thinking of I don't know um. But yeah, Yoshi's Woolly World looks like it's in the same vein. I liked Kirby's Epic Yarn. Like, I mean, it's really, like, cutesy and that sort of stuff. But it was, you know, it's a fun platformer. I'm kind of a sucker for platformer sort of games. Um, And Yoshi's Woolly World seems like it's along the same vein, but it kind of has a Yoshi vibe instead of a Kirby vibe, you know. Um, But, so, I I like that, and I may end up getting that. But it's not something that's, uh, like, a game-changer. I don't imagine a game like that would make anybody run out and purchase a Wii U if they didn't have it already. Um, but anyway, disappointments aside, things that I'm looking forward to. Yes. Uh, well, first thing uh, is in terms of releases or announcements that make me want to buy systems, uh, the Final Fantasy VII remake uh, immediately. I mean, that's the one that's been that everybody has been, you know dying for since practically since Final Fantasy 7 came out. I'm sure there were lots and lots of people who said, oh, okay, now the PS2's out, now you have to remake Final Fantasy 7 on the PS2, and then the PS3 came out. And they said, oh, okay, no, go ahead and put it on the PS3, and then I guess they released that Final yeah. Fantasy 7 PS3 tech demo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, right? exactly. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, that. Uh, but now, oh my gosh, here it is. And, I mean, even just the little teaser trailer, like, I mean, it's only, like, two minutes long for Final Fantasy VII, but it just sets it up again, it just brings you back into Midgar, and even the way that it's, like, telling the story, it's like, yes, this all happened a long time ago, because it did. The game came out in, what, like, 1997, 1998? Yep, 97, you nailed it. Yeah, um, so it came out a long time ago, so the fact that they're all, like, there was a time long ago and you're like yeah it was long ago there was like there was a star in the sky and you're like there was a star in the sky man and then oh they show like they show Midgar you know Midgar and then uh, Barrett walks by and you just see his gun coming by first and then you see Cloud walk by and he's got the buster sword and then it doesn't even say it doesn't even say the name it just shows the symbol the meteor that's mm-hmm. there and then it says remake so they gave no information. <laughs> but it's great. I'm sold. Now, like, I've got a few questions about that. Like, I'm, I was like, um, I was thinking, I'm wondering how they're going to do it. I hope that they're going to keep it pretty similar to what it was before. Because the gameplay was already really, really good on the original one. But at the same time, I could imagine them updating it. Like, doing a different uh, HUD instead of the one that happened on the original, you know, with those blue boxes and things like that. Um, Maybe they do something that's a little bit more, you know, engaging or whatever. I don't know. Um, But I hope that they keep the same, you know, systems of everything. Like, I mean, I imagine they're going to keep the same Materia system because Materia was such an integral part of the storyline of Final Fantasy VII. I don't know how they would lose that and keep the same story. Um, But I really hope that a lot of it's the same. But I can imagine, like, even, like, area exploration and everything like that 
Because in the old Final Fantasy VII, you were just pretty much running around on a picture in the background. But I really hope that's more, like, immersive. I don't know how it wouldn't be. Right now, I'm just kind of saying whatever's coming no, into I'm, my mind. <laughs> what I'm what I'm hoping for, because there, this isn't going to be, like, an HD remake. They're building this from the ground up. They can't use mm-hmm. any assets from the old game. Not, like, like no, they really 10, can't. 10 HD and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm hoping that they'll fix a few things about the gamer maybe take this opportunity to reimagine certain parts of the game. Yes, yes. I would I, I would love that, to be able to go into an area, let's pick the Golden Saucer, for example, go into the Golden Saucer and actually go around and explore and have the camera follow you as you're going around and really get a sense about what the place is like, right? Right. Really, you know, figure out how the hell their system of elevators works in <laughs> the Golden Saucer, because I can't figure it out. Um. And then there's, but, like, the translation, too. Uh, I mean, you remember the first boss you fight is the robot scorpion? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, like, the game tells you, I, like, I don't remember exactly what it says, but, like, it's it. Para- to paraphrase, it's like, you should attack when the tail is up, but mm-hmm. that's the exact opposite of what you should do, because if you attack, <laughs> then it fires back with a laser. You're supposed to wait till the tail goes down. <laughs> and they just missed that in the translation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seems like a pretty integral instruction. I mean, it threw me the first time I played it until I, like, accidentally figured out, oh, you should just not do that. Oh, you should just ignore what the game's telling you to do and just do whatever the hell you want. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, there's there's lots of different things in that game that I'm really looking forward to. I mean, there's so many... Like, when you're, uh... When you go to Rocket Town and you meet Sid for the first time and you make the, uh, you make the escape on the tiny Bronco... I mean, that's such a great, that's such a, I mean, it's a small scene, but it's such a great part in the original one. I just love to see that happen again. I could see them doing that really, really well. And you fight the, you fight the battle against, uh, what's the guy's name in the brown suit? He kind of moves like this. <laughs> brown suit. Palmer. That's his name. Ah, he's, okay. he works yeah. for Shinra, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Palmer. And he's, you're fighting him next to the airplane and he's doing this stuff. And then something happens and the airplane kills him, I guess. <laughs> I, I don't remember the fight, but I, I definitely... You don't remember that? I, I remember. Was that in Rocket Town? Yeah, it was in Rocket Town. You go, because uh, you want you want the airplane, because I think you got to get up to the crater or something like that. Um, and, of course, it belongs to Sid, right? But Shinra also wants that airplane for some reason. Um, and then you fight some people there. And uh, then the rest of the game happens. And then 17 years goes by. like i I just think that uh that it's going to be a tough line for square to walk between being truthful and to the original and Mm -hmm. adding some new wrinkles to make it fresh because i if i can do a bit of a tangent like the watchmen movie okay is very very much the same as the comic book like they yeah it's pretty it's pretty close they, they they pretty rigidly follow the plot line and all the story beats and all that and that movie was boring as sin. <laughs> you knew yeah, everything it was, that was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame because the, like the comic book is so gripping, right? Right, yeah. Um yeah, well, I I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. I mean, it's really hard to make any conclusions from that teaser trailer apart from the fact that it looks really nice um, or the teaser trailer looks nice so we can't even really conclude that about the game I suppose it's just the teaser the, the trailer that they made for the game looks pretty good that's all we can conclude from it right yeah we can't even be certain that that's running on PS4 hardware to be honest <laughs> we, <laughs> don't, just... we don't have any idea <laughs> yeah but, but anyway yeah so that's so Final Fantasy VII. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, I guess uh, to keep it within the family, uh, Kingdom Hearts Three as well. Um, they released a gameplay trailer for Kingdom Hearts Three. Uh, I uh, I used to be a pretty big fan of the Kingdom Hearts series. I mean, I was 15 when Kingdom Hearts came out, and I was really really into it. Um, and then of course Kingdom Hearts Two. Um, there was I played Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories for the Game Boy Advance in between. Kingdom Hearts 1 and Kingdom Hearts 2 which is such a weird okay the first game came out on the PS2 and the second game is going to come out on the PS2 we'll put the game that bridges the gap on the Game Boy Advance that'll, that'll really seal the deal 
There's a weird like uh, family tree for those games, right? Because there's like a, a PSP game, there's a DS game, a 3DS game. Like... Yeah, it's uh, it's all over the map. Um, but anyway, as far as I'm con- as far as I'm concerned, and <laughs> big fans of the Kingdom Hearts series would probably be like, "No way, man! It's you got to take everything." As far as I'm concerned, it's just Kingdom Hearts one and two. That's that's all that that's all that matters. Um, I mean, I haven't really played any of the other ones, so uh, don't really, you know, get too mad at me. But anyway, I'm looking forward to Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, it looks nice. Uh, it seems like it's got, according to the gameplay trailer, it seems like it's got very similar elements to what it had before. Um, uh, something else that seemed really neat as well is, uh, I mean, the beginning of the, the gameplay trailer, there's so this, like, cutscene between, like, two kids who are playing, like, some game of chess, and they're like... Oh, you, the Keyblade story or whatever. And then it, <laughs> they, I don't know why that was the voice I chose. I said, there's two young children. They both talk like old, old men. <laughs> but um, but at the end of the trailer, anyway, one of the kids has like gray hair and yellow eyes, which is kind of like Ansem from the beginning. Oh, yeah. oh Ansem. I, I never played the Kingdom Hearts. Oh, you never played? Ansem was the uh, the villain. Um, from the first Kingdom Hearts. Oh. He was the guy who wanted to get to Kingdom Hearts to destroy it or whatever. Well, Kingdom Hearts <laughs> is a location? Yeah. See, Bill... Well, no, okay. For each I, world... No, no. no. <laughs> We're not going to go into later. that? I'll look it up later. That's okay, fine. cool. Anyway, I'm looking forward to Kingdom Hearts 3. I like Kingdom Hearts. It's... Uh, it's nice. It's it, it's probably more nostalgic than anything, but it's another one of those games that, I mean, I would buy a PS4 for Final Fantasy VII, um, but then it would also be nice to have it for Kingdom Hearts III, for example. It probably wouldn't make me buy the system, but I would, you know, probably still play it. Anyway. What, I, what I wonder is, like, the first game is, I don't know what the ratio is, but it feels like there's a lot of Disney stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And then from what I know about the second game, there's Still Disney stuff going on, but less. And it feels like they're gradually weeding out all of the Disney parts. <laughs> yeah, that could that could be it. There's a whole like in Kingdom Hearts two. There's a whole like four five hour part at the beginning of the game when you're not even playing as the main character, and you're in this totally different environment. There's some Final Fantasy things in it, which is like I mean you can uh, like Vivi from Final Fantasy IX is in the town oh. that you're in, and. Uh, uh, Sefer, I think, from Final Fantasy VIII is one of the other characters there. Something like that. I don't know. Um, but there's very little Disney in that beginning part. But then there's a lot of Disney later on. Like, you know, so it's... I don't know. It does seem like there's less and less Disney. Like, I mean, even in the... You're, you're right. You're right. Um, even in the trailer, like, there's a lot... Like, Donald and Goofy are there, but that's, you know, because they're, you know, they're going to be there. But then in terms of other Disney stuff, like, you get into some teacups, and you ride some teacups around, uh, and then, which sounds not very interesting, <laughs> now that I say it. Man, there's this sick part where some teacups come, and then you go in them, and then they go around and hit a guy. Dude. Um, dude. <laughs> um, and, like, Pegasus is there. I guess you can summon Pegasus from Hercules. Oh, okay. Um, All right. Yeah. Compared to your, you know, your regular everyday Pegasus. Well, compared to your Maximilian Pegasus from Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, see, I did not get that. So, I had little information to go on because <laughs> my Disney knowledge was lacking. Right. Well, there you go. Um, but anyway, Kingdom Hearts three looks fun. Let's conclude with that. Um, I like Rock Band four also announced. I don't think it was announced in E3. I think it was announced a little while ago, perhaps in anticipation of more information in E3. And I like Rock Band. I used to be really, really into Rock Band. Um, actually, just recently, in like a few months ago, I took a bunch of students uh, from the school that I work at to this like leadership conference, and there was this like night social thing for all the teachers, and they had Rock Band set up for the teachers to do, right? Um, and I'm sure they set it up because they're like, oh, the teachers aren't going to know. It's good. They're going to have fun. They go out and play. They're not going to, you know, whatever. But then I showed up and I said to the guy I was with, I said, uh, I have to do this. <laughs> and I just kind of, I was like, goodbye. And I went up and I was like, I got next. <laughs> and I, I don't want to lie, but I did pretty well. <laughs> 
but uh, anyway, I'm still still in rock band. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, you told me earlier that you can still use the same instruments from like the PS3. That's right. So as far as I understand, for the PS4 version, you can use your PS3 instruments, and for the Xbox One, you can use your 360 instruments. Mm-hmm. So I mean, okay. that's a big, big victory if you already own that stuff. And I mean, for me at least, it, it's a consideration about if I were to buy a three six or an Xbox One or a PS4, that would lean me in one direction or the other. Yeah, it definitely would, because you wouldn't have to buy all the same stuff over and over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I hope that all the DLC continues to carry over, because I had a lot. Um, but, I mean, we'll see. I don't know. Um, I liked also the fact from the first Rock Bands uh, that you could download songs off of Rock Band 1 and play them in Rock Band 2, and then you could download the songs from Rock Band 2 and play them in Rock Band 3. Uh, so your library would continually expand. Um which is which is nice, but anyway, well, well I, as far as I was able to glean from their site, I haven't been able to see anything like that. But um, I like Harmonics a lot. Harmonics is the company that does the Rock Band series. Um, I've liked them for a long time. I used to get the Karaoke Revolution games, oh. which was yeah. Do you remember that? Barely, uh, very barely. Yeah, I I had like karaoke revolution parties with my friends. I would invite them over, and we'd all sit around in the basement and sing, and it was great. We had a great time, um, and uh, they even had they had amplitude and frequency, uh, which were the games that they had before. And I'm sure they had other games and everything like that. But they've always been really, really solid in terms of like music games. Um, so it's nice to see that they're that they're doing a re-release of Rock Band. I was a little bit disappointed. I mean, admittedly, like, the music game market kind of was kind of losing steam. So it makes sense that they would try to, you know, phase out some support for Rock Band. But it was disappointing, nevertheless, because it was, you know, it's a company that I have a lot of admiration for. And it's a genre that I really, really like as as well. Um, I guess it's time had passed, I suppose. But it's nice to see it's coming back. Yeah, I mean, they really... uh, That caught on really big, I mean, by, like, mm-hmm. Guitar Hero 2, and mm-hmm. they just ran that whole, I mean, Harmonics and Activision, they, they ran that whole uh, concept straight into the ground. They they really did. There was definitely an oversaturation. Um, because, I mean, Guitar Hero and Guitar Hero 2 were, were incredibly groundbreaking, and then it was around that time that uh, there was this, there was this split, and there were a couple of companies... I think Activision bought Red Octane, and EA, I think, bought Harmonix. I think somewhere along those lines. But it yes, was Red Octane. So. Is that it? it, it Something it was, like that. Yeah, it was Red Octane and Harmonix who had made Guitar Hero and Guitar Hero 2, and then they both kind of split off um, or were acquired by other larger parent companies. Um, but um, in any case, there was, there was so much there. And, I mean, Rock Band, I think... Um, in pretty much every single way is the superior game compared to like let's say the Guitar Hero World Tour or the other Guitar Hero games or all that sort of stuff or Band Hero which I guess was another another game that they released in the series I kind of I, I stopped paying attention to the Guitar Hero series because there were just so many things to do there there wasn't you know there wasn't enough but I started you know getting into the Rock Band series because it just seemed it was a neater cleaner uh, interface. It seemed like everything had a little bit like greater level of care, and which was really really nice. Um, just generally, it seemed like it was a better package, the Rock Band series compared to the Guitar Hero series after the split of the companies. But then for Rock Band Three, I think that they also, in an, in an effort to try and do something new, they introduced the keyboard in Rock yeah. Band Three, yeah, and I they mean, also I have yeah. the keyboard. It's, yeah, I have the keyboard blast. too. I like the keyboard. But it wasn't necessary, I don't think. And I think that it just, when there were so many more options, people it, it's discouraging, right? So, and I think that they said that for Rock Band 4. They're no longer doing support for the keyboard. They're no longer doing support for the pro guitar controller either, um, which is a cool, which was a cool peripheral, right? Because you could learn how to, like, actually play, like, proper chords for these songs, which was really neat. Um, but it makes sense that they're toning it back and they're saying, no, the core of the game was drums, guitar, bass, and singing. So we're going to go back to that. Um, which is nice, because I think it makes it more accessible. I think it makes it less 
intimidating, which is the exact same thing as more accessible. <laughs> but uh, I think it's I think it's the right choice in general. Anyway, I'm, anyway, I'm this was uh, this was less of a more, uh, it's more of a discussion of what caused those games to go away. Yeah, it was it was less like oh I'm super excited and more like yes this is the right move financially and philosophically <laughs> for this software company. <laughs> well, I mean, I think at least. Both of us were very into those games. I mean, I was way into those games. I mean, I played like all the rock bands, rock band Beatles. I played a bunch mm-hmm. of the Guitar Hero games. I mean, mm-hmm. it sounds like you did too. Yeah. And like with Rock Band Three and the later Guitar Hero games, I think they were just like doubling down on their hardcore audience because they knew they had run out of new people to grab. Mm. I guess now, that makes sense. And now, now there's more opportunity. It's the idea has had a little time to get fresh again. Now you can go back out and try and grab some new audience who may have only heard of Guitar Hero and Rock Band, never got to play it the first time around, and might be intrigued. And so they can, they can bring it back. They can scale it down. Yeah, that is true. I mean, when did the? I remember I was these games came out. I think when I was in university still. So around like 2007, 2008, somewhere around there. Um, so it's been it's been a while. It has been a while. It hasn't been like a very long time, but you know, it's. I think it's. It's been enough that it now would have a new foothold. I think if they're if both, given that both are coming back, that it seems like if they both believe the time is right, maybe they're. I mean, they must have some idea. Hopefully. Hopefully, I want it to I would, succeed. <laughs> yeah, I want it to succeed. Um, we'll find out. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm looking forward to it, nevertheless. Um, anyway, 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 moving on. Uh, something else that I'm excited for is Firewatch. Do you know Firewatch? So Firewatch is being made by the full, not the Fulbright Company, but this new group. And it, like I, I listened to their podcast, and I just can't remember the name of their company now. Uh, I have no idea what it is. I have no idea. But perhaps if I hop on to the old internet, I can find out. Campo Santo? Yes. Okay, so that's being... There's this podcast called the Idle Thumbs Podcast. Okay. And it's a group of game developers and writers, and they talk about the industry and games they play, but a bunch of them work on Firewatch. Hmm. So I, I'm, if not, I'm not too too familiar with Firewatch, but I know the people behind. But it. you know the people, and they, I mean, if they're making a podcast about this sort of stuff, they're super super passionate about it, and they probably know what they're doing. Or I would hope. I certainly hope. Um, you should go and check out some of the stuff about Firewatch because it looks really really good. Um, you play as a, a park ranger in Wyoming, which doesn't sound super interesting but you're it's a first person sort of game and you're out exploring the wilderness and that sort of stuff and you have a radio and you keep talking to this other park ranger who's out in a different tower you never really see her but you talk to her all the time and apparently there's a big mystery that's going to happen and there's like a lot of danger or something that's going to happen as well the trailers have been very nice just sort of leaving you crumbs with kind of what could happen um but there's a lot of neat conversation if you watch the gameplay uh, demos that they have. The voice acting is really, really good. The park ranger that you play as is really good, and the, the woman that you're talking to is really good as well. Um, but the neat thing as well is that you have all sorts of decisions to make. Like, at one point, you encounter a couple of girls who are, like, skinny dipping in a lake somewhere down, and you have the decision, you're like, how am I supposed to deal with this? And it's like, you can yell at them, or you could like, take their stuff, or something <laughs> like that, right? Um, so, there's a few different options that you have there. And it just, it seems super super atmospheric like you get thrown into this this just beautiful like outdoor environment and you have a lot of freedom to explore into different things um it it seems like it's going to be just just great <laughs> just great it looks really really nice I, I rolled over to the wikipedia page because that's what you do when you're well researched on this topic uh, <laughs> and i see i the credits and totally I know a lot of these names director Jake Rodkin, composer Chris Remo writer Sean Vanneman, these are all people who host the Idle Thumbs podcast oh really? yes Yes. that's and cool 
so I mean it's really going to be interesting I'm, I'm very intrigued now to see what they do because I know previously they worked on stuff like Gone Home and the Telltale Walking Dead games really okay both, cool both very good very well reviewed mm-hmm. adventure games and I, I enjoyed them both greatly mm-hmm. uh, yeah I, I had no idea that they worked on the Walking Dead that's uh, this yeah <laughs> I'm already sold extra sold <laughs> Cool, anyway, cool, yeah. yeah. So Firewatch looks really, really good. You should check out, uh, go on and uh, check out, see if you can find that uh, g- uh, gameplay demo. I think it's like 10 minutes or something of them just playing the game, but it really gives you a feel for what the game's going to be like. And it's just the sort of thing that you're kind of, you, you, like I'm itching to jump in and, and, and uh, try it out. It seems like it's going to be awesome. Cool, very cool. Um, the last thing that I think I want to talk about that I'm also really excited for, and it was announced earlier in the year, but, uh, in fact, I think it was actually announced at E3 2014, but now they've just re-announced it. But it's uh, Cuphead. Cuphead. Yeah, Cuphead is uh, like an adventure platformer sort of game. Uh, as far as I know, it's being released on the Xbox One, and it's going to be released on Steam. And it's going to be coming out sometime in 2016, so it's probably, like, they're probably, they did E3 2014 for Cuphead, and now E3 2015, and they're going to do E3 2016. I don't know. Um, but... Uh, so it's an action platformer, right? Uh, adventure sort of game. But the cool thing about it is that it's done with an animation style that looks like really old, like classic cartoons, like golden era animation cartoons from like the 30s, like the old Mickey Mouse cartoons. And as far as I know, or what I read previously, everything's animated by hand, right? So it really has like, yeah, whoa, was right. It has a really like nice living feel to it. And the other thing as well is the soundtrack is all this like new jazz soundtrack, very similar to what it would have been in those classic cartoons. But the whole game looks like it's just an old cartoon that you're playing. And it looks like it's done with a real neat sense of humor and just beautiful animation the entire time. And it looks like it's got just a load of personality. Um, they released another trailer for it for 2015. Um, I definitely recommend going and finding it because it gives you an idea. And you'll watch it, and you're watching some of the gameplay, but at the same time, you don't realize that you're watching the gameplay because it looks so genuine. Like, it's done in such a way so as to really keep that atmosphere. Um, it, it just seems like it's going to be uh, an absolute treat. So I went, and I found... I, could, I can't really watch a video right now, but I found a Polygon article where they show a bunch of GIF files showing animation from the game. And this... Mm-hmm. This looks amazing. Oh, it it's like it's. I haven't. I don't think I've ever seen a game that looks like it. Um, like I, there's games that play like it, perhaps, but it just uh, the level of detail and the style that they're doing with it. Like it, it's it's interesting that you can talk about a game that has such style to it, right? Such overall style. Um, that's something that maybe, like, you can think about if you have, like, a certain a few games that really just, like, the whole package is really, like, strong. Like, to me, I think about, like, Half-Life 2 or something like that. And the whole game is, like, a really, really strong package, and it's very stylistic, and it's very uh, thematic. It's It reminds me of something like that. I mean, I'm seeing one GIF, and it just because I was listening to a podcast talking about it today in Mega Man 2 there's a part where you have to chase you're getting chased by a flying dragon and how mm-hmm. bare bones that looks today but how hard it was to program that on the, the NES and <laughs> compared to this there's a your cuphead is fighting a dragon a flying dragon and it, how gorgeous it looks I mean mm-hmm. this looks oh. really cool and if the gameplay can deliver even half to the extent that the graphics appear to this will be yeah. amazing. Yeah, uh, it's going to be neat. Just from looking at it, it looks like when you're playing it, there's a ton of crap flying around you. Um, uh, it looks like it's going to be, like, you know, obviously a lot of uh, uh, action, but it's going to be a lot of, like, dodging and timing as well, too. You know, the, the sort of game in, like you mentioned, Mega Man, the sort of thing that you kind of learn how the bosses work. You learn the patterns, and you learn to exploit the patterns, right? So it seems like it's going to have elements of that. But it seems like it's going to be, not only is it going to be stylistic, but it's going to be challenging, too. Which is nice. <laughs> or maybe it's just because I have no idea what's going on in the trailer that I'm just looking at. I'm like, wow, that looks hard. 
It looks, I mean, like, that's what they're going for, is, like, challenging platforming, like, challenging 80s, early 90s-style action games. So. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, Cliff, uh, we're running at about a half hour, so with the other part, that's going to bring us up to almost an hour. So uh, do you have any parting thoughts before we sign off? I am looking forward to some games. <laughs> well said. Confident. A plus. I don't even need to add to that. I mean, you said it all right there. Uh, so thanks for joining this week, this week, and we'll see you next week. Cheers. Thank you.